Welcome to Classic Firstborn Ministries. My name is Anthony Maynard, pastor at Firstborn Ministries. We're so glad that you joined us today. Today's message is from 1988, entitled, It's Time to Wake Up. Again, this is from 1988, It's Time to Wake Up. It is led by our senior pastor, W.L. Maynard. We hope you enjoy this message today. Turning with me in your Bibles to Romans chapter 13. Amen. Romans chapter 13. And uh, we will begin reading at verse number 10. Glad to see all of our visitors here this morning. We trust that the service is a blessing to you. Amen. In Jesus' name. Romans chapter 13. And we would like to begin reading at verse number 10. Hallelujah. Paul writing to the Roman church, Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. And that knowing the time that now is, it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting or drunkenness or in chambering or wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. And I want to take my text this morning from verse number 12 and verse number 11. Amen. Paul said it's time to awake out of sleep. Amen. And he said the night is far spent, the day is at hand. And he is asking them to look at the situations that surround them so that they would not be caught unawares. Amen. I would direct your attention to an Old Testament passage of Scripture in the book of Judges, if you would. Judges, the book of Judges. Amen. And uh, I would like to look at chapter number 16. Judges chapter 16. Amen. Judges chapter number 16 and verse number 19. And the Bible says, She made him sleep upon her knees, and she called for a man, and she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head. And she began to afflict him, and his strength went from him. She said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before and shake myself. And he wist not the Lord was departed from him. Amen. Hallelujah. And everybody said, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. This morning, I want to speak to you about uh, it's time to wake up. Amen. It's time to wake up. This were lit- these were literally the words of the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 13. Whenever he wrote the Roman church, he was telling them of the importance of the time in which they were living. He told them that love was uh, needing to be in their lives and uh, that uh, love was the fulfilling of the law. He told them in verse number 11 that uh, knowing the time and knowing that it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. He told the Roman church that there was a need for them to awake, to shake themselves, as it were, and to recognize that the coming of the Lord was nearer now than when they first believed. Now, I don't know about you this morning, but uh, I was saved about 10 years ago or 12 years ago, 
And when I walked into that church that Sunday morning, I felt the presence and the power of the Almighty God as it touched my heart. And as I knelt there in prayer, I felt God forgive me of my sins. It wasn't much longer after that that I was baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. And the Lord filled me with the presence of the Holy Ghost. And I received the Holy Ghost just like the apostles received it. I received it by Acts chapter 2 experience and Acts chapter 10 and Acts chapter 19 experience. And that is that whenever God's Spirit came into my heart, I began to speak with another tongue as the Spirit of God gave me the utterance. But what I've got to realize today is that it's no time to lay down. It's no time to think that it's uh, I'm able to just kind of slack off uh, on the things that I believed whenever I was first saved uh, or the time to be able to lay aside any of my convictions. Uh, but it's time uh, to arise and to shake myself uh, understanding that now is my salvation nearer than when I first believed. We've got to ask ourselves, what time is it in our life? What time is it in the world? In Matthew chapter 25, the Lord Jesus Christ spoke to his disciples of the end of the age in chapter 24. And he told them of the terrible catastrophes that were going to come upon the world. He said that men's hearts were going to fail them for fear in Luke chapter 21. In 24 of the book of Matthew, he told us that there was going to be persecution and that there was going to be wars and rumors of wars. But in the immediate chapter following chapter 24, he told them that there was going to be a sleepy spirit that was going to be at the age before the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said that there were ten virgins that had waited for the coming of the bridegroom. And while the bridegroom tarried, the Bible says they slept and they slumbered in the presence of God. If there was ever a day that that is true, where there was a sleeping and a slumbering spirit in our world, it is today, my friend. But you notice that in the midst of that silence of sleep, and in in the midst of all of that slothfulness and that slumbering uh, spirit that was there, uh, the Bible says there came a cry. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. That was none, nothing more, nothing less rather uh, than the Spirit of God uh, as it broke the silent barrier that was there uh, and began to address the lives of men and women uh, and tell them, Wake up! It's time to examine yourselves. Open your eyes and see that the coming of the Lord is nearer now than when you first believed. The wise man Solomon wrote in his words some of the feelings that, uh, that were resonant in his heart. Amen. And as the, we look at the book of Ecclesiastes, we find that it is a book that brings out some of the feelings that were there in the heart of that man. Some of them are the painful realities of life. And I'm going to stand and I'm going to tell you that everything, amen, in Christianity and everything since I've become a Christian has not always been pleasant. There have been some painful times. There have been some painful experiences that I have endured and that I have experienced. Oh, but friend, through all of the pain and through all of the, uh, the agony that was there, I can say that God has been good to me and that living the Christian life, it is the best life in the world. It is the only life in the world, amen, that will really give you peace of mind and joy down in your heart. One of those things that Solomon speaks of that sometimes is very painful for us to think about is the subject of time. Amen. This past year, I turned 
30 years old. And uh, you say, oh, come on now. That's the, and I notice some of you all, uh, that's just a young whippersnapper, as it were. You know, uh, that's still young. You're still in the prime of your life. And, uh, and you've got a long ways to go. But, you know, in my mind, I was thinking, well, 30, uh, it seems to be uh, whenever I was 20, 30 seemed to be way far away. And so the subject of time, you see, uh, it, uh, it is a dreaded thing to most of us. Uh, that's the reason why many times when you'll ask a lady how old she is when she reaches a certain age, she'll say, well, I'd rather keep it to myself because time is something that we don't want to think about. Amen. But the Bible deals with the subject of time. We've got to understand that we are creatures of time and we are creatures of space. Though technology allows us to move faster than we've ever moved and we live seemingly in an instant presto generation where we've got push-button microwave ovens that cook our hamburgers and our hot dogs and, and the other food, the casseroles that we might prepare. We've got automatic washers and dishwashers and dryers and things of that nature. Friend, I want you to know that if we're not careful that that attitude can get in the church of the living God. Some things do not come instantly. Some things do not come presto tango. But some things come as a direct result, amen, of staying in there and living for God and working for God and seeing your strength grow and seeing your faith grow in God. Amen. We are time-conscious individuals. It seems like we're always in a hurry to get somewhere to do something. But many times we are running nowhere to do nothing. Amen. When it comes right down to it. But Solomon said that to everything there is a time and there is a season. He said there was a time to be born. There was a time to die. He said that there was a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which was planted. And as Solomon examines these things in his mind, all of these aspects of time, he comes to the realization that time without God is no time at all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know. Maybe you're here this morning and you have been thinking about going back on God. Maybe in your heart you have begun to cherish some things out there in the world and you have begun to cast your eyes upon some things that were there and you have begun to think, God, I don't know if this Christian walk is all that it's supposed to be. I don't know, God, if I really want to live this life. I think that I'll have more friends if I get out in the world. I feel as though I'll have more freedom when I get out in the world. But friend, that is a lie the devil is told from day one. He told Adam and Eve that you will have more power if you'll do your own thing. And there's nothing new under the sun. He's still using the same old tactics. And if I'm speaking to you this morning, I'm saying wake up and realize it's not time to look back to the world. It's time to look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Hallelujah to God. You say, Pastor, uh, does the devil ever come to you and begin to tempt you to go back uh, on, the, on God and go back to the things of the world? Uh, friend, I'd be a liar if I stood up here and said that he doesn't tempt me in that way. Uh, and if you ever get to the place uh, where you are not tempted, uh, you will be better than Jesus Christ. Uh, for the Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 4, uh, he was tempted unto all points, uh, yet without sin. Hallelujah, but in the midst of that temptation, there is a God that is in my heart and a God that is in your heart that says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Solomon came to the idea and the realization uh, that there's no profit, uh, amen, of anything that is out in the world. Uh, everything that we labor for, it is vanity uh, of vanities. All is vanity. Uh, that's the reason why men and women, friend, uh, they'll go and they'll seek riches and they'll acquire riches. Uh, they'll acquire uh, uh, nice things, the finer things of this life. Uh, they'll have money in the bank uh, and they'll seemingly have things set in this old world, uh, but they can lie on their bed at night uh, and inside there is an inner turmoil that says, God, I'm not right with you. There's got to be something more. Hallelujah. There's got to be more than this money in this house and this job and my family and friend. I want to tell you this morning, there is more. Hallelujah. And that one that is wanting to show himself to you, his name is Jesus Christ. He's wanting you to come to know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Hallelujah. The Apostle Paul, the great apostle to the Gentiles, uh, he began to address this subject of time in Romans chapter 13. And many times we think of the apostles and the men of God as, as men that uh, were always kind. And they were always kind. But in that kindness, we think that there was never an addressing of the problems and the uh, and the sins that were there in the lives of the men and the women. Oh, but friend, all one has to do is but casually, and you say casually, yeah, casually look at the scriptures. It doesn't take any in-depth study to be able to find that those men of God, they were men of principle. And as much as they were kind, they were men that stuck by the things of God and the word of God. They did not to give forth the oracles of God at the end of the Apostle Paul's life he stood before the church and he said I have not failed to proclaim unto you the whole counsel of God I stand before you blameless and friend it is that that God is wanting today it is that that God is wanting men and women to see today that their lives need to be addressed and that their hearts need to be pricked with the gospel and the word of God amen that comes from God Almighty. For you see, when conviction begins to get on our heart, it causes us to do better. I talked with men and women before and they said, Preacher, uh, don't try to preach me under conviction. Uh, oh, friend, you might as well not waste your breath. Uh, every time I get in this pulpit, uh, I'm going to try to preach you under conviction. Uh, I'm going to pray, God, uh, let the Holy Ghost move. Uh, let it touch the hearts of men and women. Uh, let us be sinking to our knees uh, that we might cry back unto you. Uh, Lord, here am I. Uh, use me and direct me in the way you want me to go. Hallelujah, but is the cry of the sleepy spirit of the world today. It's time to wake up, my friend. It's time to open up your eyes. Hallelujah to God. You see, when Jesus Christ was in this world, he said that I must work the works of him that sent me. While what? Yet it is day. He said, for the night cometh when no man shall work. And I, uh, I will venture to say this morning uh, that had the Spirit of God not came and, uh, and endued the power uh, upon the church of the living God, men and women, they would not be able to work in this world in which we are living in. 
because of the blackness of sin. Amen. And if you could put on a spiritual set of eyeglasses, you would see the darkness that is out there in this world. Hey, friend, there are demon spirits that are on the rampage today. There are spirits of lust. There are spirits of perversion. There are spirits of rebellion. There are spirits of greed, of envy, and they are perpetrating, as it were, this world, penetrating this world, trying to accomplish, amen, the dirty deeds of the devil. Oh, but thank God there's a church that Jesus said, you, whenever I go, are going to become the light of the world. And it's because of the light of the Spirit of God that the church is able to work in this world. We better not ever let the light of the gospel, the light of the Spirit of God ever go out in our heart. Hallelujah to God. Amen. He said it was nighttime, symbolic of darkness, symbolic of sin that was in the world. Midnight, you might say. We are living in the midnight hour just before the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, friend, if you're ever going to get right with God, you better get right with God right now. Don't wait till next week. Don't wait till next month. Don't wait until New Year's Eve and say, I'm going to make a resolution. The only thing that New Year's resolutions are good for is to be broken my friend. Don't make a resolution to God. Make a commitment to God. Amen. Get down on your knees and say, God, I'm not waiting till tomorrow. As a matter of fact, if I was here this morning, I'd get up out of my seat right now and I'd come to this altar and say, God, I'm not going to wait. I want to live for you now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And until you get that in your mind, you won't ever live for God. You see, when you come to the church, you feel the touch of God's Spirit upon your heart. Amen. And you feel like coming to that altar. Amen. And friend, if you haven't received the the new birth experience in your heart yet, amen, you're not ready to meet the Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus. You've got to be filled with the power of the Spirit of God. And the devil will tell you when you come into the church, amen, Amen. He'll be on one side and God will be on the other side. The devil say, don't go up to that altar. Don't yield to the Spirit of God. But there is that, there is that tugging on the strings of your heart. Amen. The Spirit of God says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. It's time to wake up, friend, and realize the devil. Amen. He is deceiving you. Amen. And if he can keep putting you off, keep you putting God off. Amen. He will have you where he wants you to be. He knows that if he can keep you putting God off long enough that you'll never serve God. Now is the day of salvation. Today is the acceptable year and the acceptable day of the Lord. Hallelujah to God. Amen. We're living in the hour just before the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus painted a picture also in the book of Matthew as I've already said. He said that that men were going to be just like they were at the days of Noah. In Genesis chapter 6 and 5, the Bible says that God looked down and he saw the wickedness of man upon the face of the earth. And he saw that every imagination of man was only evil continually. Is it no wonder that they're coming up with brand new films and brand new ideas that, uh, that seem to just, uh, just throw the Word of God in the floor and trample upon it? Is it no wonder that there are books that are out there that propagate every ungodly, unclean thing in the world? Amen. Is it any wonder that there are men out there that call themselves Christian atheists? Why are they doing that? Because of the world in which we live. There's no such thing as a Christian atheist, my friend. You either are 
are a believer in God and you live for God or you are a sinner. Amen. And you are lost. You are either saved or you are lost. There is no in-between ground with God. You might say, preacher, amen, I'm standing on the fence. Hey, friend, if you're standing on the fence as far as God's concerned, you're on the other side. It's time to wake up and get off the fence and get in the army of God. Hallelujah, the wicked of man, it was great upon the face of the earth. Their imagination was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man. Hallelujah, and he said, I know what I'll do. I'll destroy them from off the face of the earth. God hated it that he had made man. I wonder how many times God looked at my life after I was brought into this world. Amen, and whenever I was sinning against him and doing what I shouldn't have been doing. Amen, and I was was doing everything I was big enough to do but not smart enough to know I shouldn't be doing it amen I wonder how many times God looked down at me and said I'm sorry that I ever brought that man into the world I'm sorry I ever allowed them to be able to live I wonder how many times God said that about you friend you say preacher come on amen we serve a God of love yes but we serve a God of righteous judgment and I'm telling you it's time to wake up and quit playing God games and quit playing church and start living for God like you should. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to God. Time after time, the Bible says it repented God that he had made man. But I do not find anywhere in the scripture where God said, I'm sorry, I ever redeemed man. Oh, hallelujah to God. Amen. You want to know what, Brother Cass? After God's spirit came into my heart, he filled me with the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Lord, not one time was he sorry that he ever gave me the promise of the Holy Ghost. Saying of God, I want you to know tonight, God's not sorry one minute that he caused you to have forgiveness of your sins when you repented of your sins. God's not sorry of that. He willingly sent that body to the cross of Calvary to die for the sins of mankind. And God did not repent over it. He will not repent over it. Oh, thank God, saints, that gives us encouragement. Thank God that that gives us encouragement in the sense that there are lost men and women out there in the world. They can come and they can receive of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They can draw from the waters of salvation. Amen. The wells from the waters of salvation freely as God gives them the ability and the privilege of doing so. He never repented over saving man. A dismal picture though is painted of the last days. God has always done things good. Man has turned things around and he's corrupted those things. Amen. Hallelujah. We take a stand against many things in this world today, friend. Noah's time, there was drunkenness. Amen. There was drunkards, and it was considered an all right thing. It's just like that today. You can walk into Logley's, amen, or any of the other shopping centers, amen, and give me a six-pack, a Budweiser, or whatever it is that they want. Give me some, uh, some whiskey or whatever. And people don't look down their noses, friend. They don't look at it uh, like it's something that is bad. Why? Because the morals of our society, uh, they have increasingly decayed. Hallelujah. What are you saying? I'm saying wake up, uh, world. I'm saying wake up, church. Amen. I'm saying it's time to wake up because the Lord God is coming again. 
There's no moral restraints. Amen. Men living with women, women living with men, men living with men even today. Amen. The homosexuals, amen, they're on the rampage today. And I'm going to tell you that God hates the sin of homosexuality. God hates adultery. God hates immorality. He hates that thing, friend. God has always hated it. He will always hate it. He will always hate it. Noah's time, there was no moral restraint. Amen. And today, men and women, they say, well, we'll just live together. Amen. We're going to live together. I, I talked with some folks here the other day, and they said, well, we're living together because it's cheaper on us because of taxes. Oh, friend, if you love that woman or if you love that man, you need to be a man enough or a woman enough to be able to marry them. Hallelujah. If you want to treat them as a wife and you want them to treat you as a husband, you need to have enough of manliness and womanliness about yourself to marry them and and do what's right. Yeah. Hallelujah. You see, when men and women, they live together, they, 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 they pull each other down, friend. They take away uh, self-respect. Hallelujah. How do you think the other men out in the world feel whenever they find out, yeah, you're living with a woman, huh? How do you think they feel when they come into her presence and they begin to look at her and they know that they're not married and they know that they're doing things they shouldn't be doing? You want to know what they think? They think if they do it with him, amen, they'll do it with anybody else that is out there. You lower the self-respect of that man or that woman. I'm saying, world, it's time to wake up. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. You say, preacher, come on. I am. Hallelujah. We need to take a stand for these things. Lusts of men and women, they ran uncontrolled in Noah's time. It was a time of ungodliness. Spiritually, it was midnight. Amen. And I'll go a step further. Amen. After men and women get married, they get magazines and books. Amen. That are immoral and ungodly. Oh, friend, God convict the heart of the man or the woman that does those things. Hallelujah. Let them see the pit of hell like it really is going to be. Hell is going to be hot, my friend, for those that participate in such things. And especially those that know to do right and don't do it, the Bible says. Amen. It's a sin. How much sore punishment are those going to receive? that knew to do right, and they did it not. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As the days of Noah were, so shall also be the coming of the Son of Man. You see, man's imaginations, they dream up things. Technology is at an all-time high. And we take stand for things because of that which is portrayed through their use. We stand opposed and against television. Amen. I don't have one. You say, you don't have one because you're a preacher. I got rid of mine before I was a preacher because I saw the corruption that was upon it. Amen. The sin and the ungodliness that was there. Hey, if television would be used for what's right, it would be the greatest instrument in the world to be able to propagate uh, good things and righteousness and godliness. And, and I've had many arguments as to why television is all right. I can control it. I can do this. Oh, yeah, friend. But what happens uh, when your child gets to be about seven or eight years old? Uh, are you going to be able to watch every second that they're watching things on there? I'm going to tell you, you can't control Hollywood. Uh, they'll slip something in there. Uh, amen. They'll sneak up on you and you won't know anything about it. It'll be too late to turn it off then. What's going to register in the mind of that child? Hey, mom and dad, they think it's all right. We say we don't believe in drinking and, and running around and, and homosexuality. But friend, we let them come right into our home through hell's pipeline called the television. Amen. We let them come right in. Come on in. Have a beer. 
have something to drink. Amen. The homosexuals walk into our living rooms. Amen. And they sit down and we congregate with them there. You say, preacher, come on. You're a little bit. Hey, friend, I'm saying it is time to wake up. I'm saying it's time to take a stand for righteousness and godliness. This isn't something that is just that is just any old thing goes. God wants a bride that is separate from the world. Amen. Let me give you a scripture. The Bible says, amen, that who knowing the judgment of God, Romans 12, uh, 1 and verse 32, uh, knowing the judgment of God that they which uh, that commit such things are worthy of death. Those that commit uh, uh, all of these sins that I've been talking about, the Bible says they're worthy of death. Amen. The Bible says that the soul that sinneth, it shall what? It shall die. Paul, he reiterated and said they're worthy of that death, that they're going to die. But he didn't stop there. Amen. He said not only do the same, amen, but those that have pleasure in them, that do them. You know what that's saying? That's saying if you've got books you shouldn't have and you're reading about things you shouldn't read about and you're seeing and you're putting your eyes on things that you shouldn't see. Amen. You are participating in that. And not only is the judgment of God going to fall on those that do them, but those that uh, that have part in that. Those that allow it to go on in their lives and around them. That brings a brand new ideology to the Word of God, don't it? Amen. The 23rd channel. The TV is my shepherd. I shall not want It makes me lie down on the sofa. It leads me away from the faith. It destroys my soul. It leads me in the path of sex and violence for the sponsor's sake. Yea, though I walk in the shadow of Christian responsibilities, there will be no interruption, for the TV is with me. It's cable and remote control. They comfort me. It prepares a commercial for me in the presence of my worldliness. It anoints my head with humanism and consumerism. My coveting runneth over. Surely laziness and ignorance shall follow me all the days of my life. I shall dwell in the house watching TV forever. Hallelujah. Amen. There's been enough said for television. Amen. We need to speak out and say, why is it wrong? And the church has been silent. The world, the church world has been silent. Amen, friend. I'm going to tell you that it has been the damnation to many a soul. Hallelujah. Just the other day I sat in a in a uh, in a uh, place where my car was being repaired. They had the TV on. I haven't seen a TV for I don't know how long. But you know what? I looked over there at that thing. And you know what I saw? I saw everything that I was preaching about exactly true. I saw men running out around with women that wasn't their wives in some kind of a hospital trauma. Amen. And I thought, God, thank you for showing me before I ever even have to see it that those things are going on. Hallelujah, friend. We don't need that. You want to know why your wives begin to look other places? Why your husbands begin to look other places? Because a man with sex appeal comes out, amen, and he don't smell, he don't have messed up hair, but they portray an image of sexuality and they appeal to sexuality. And this place is doubts. And this place is something in the hearts of men and women that says, I'm going to roam and I'm going to find that which is portrayed there. It's a fairy tale, friend. It's a lie. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Wake up. Hollywood has given us abundance of ungodliness. It's midnight. It's midnight. Hallelujah. It's midnight. 
Samson, the weak, strong man. Remember Samson? The Bible says that his mama prayed that she would have a baby. And the Bible says as she prayed that God granted her her petition. The Bible says that God says, okay, you'll have a child. She says, I'm going to give him unto you all of his days. She uh, said, I'm going I'm to allow him to take the vow of the Nazarite. And the vow of the Nazarite was that his hair should grow and that uh, he should not... or any wine. He was not to allow any of these things to come his way. And so when Samson was born, the Bible says that God gave this man supernatural strength. I mean, you talk about muscles, Brother Ancona. This guy had muscles. Amen. The reason why I say that is Brother Ancona, he likes to lift weights. <laughs> Amen. I mean, this guy had muscles. He could lay down on that bench press and probably bench press 1,500 pounds, just no problem. Man, I mean, he was muscular. He was probably the envy of every guy that was around. You know, they looked at him and man, look at the muscles on that guy. But his muscles were not of his own making. His muscles were from God. The ability that he had, it was from God. God Almighty gave him that ability. The Bible says Samson was a man that, uh, that loved God. He started out very, very well. But Samson had a problem. And the problem was that Samson liked to do things his own way. One day, the Bible says that Samson went out and uh, uh, he hated the Philistines. They were the enemies of God. And he went out and he, uh, he annihilated a whole group of Philistines, a thousand of them, with a, the jawbone of a mule. Just single-handedly. One day, he was down in the camp of the Philistines. And the Bible says as he was down there in that city, amen, in the city of Gaza or Gaza, that the Philistines set uh, ambushments for him. They sent out uh, that they would attack him and that they would bring him uh, into captivity. And there, as Samson heard about that, he hid somewhere until it was midnight. But the Bible says at midnight, Samson arose from where he was at uh, and he went down to the gates of the city and here that guy, he bent over and he's, he called upon the Lord God to give him strength that uh, foundation that was there the gate uh, amen the post and all he put him on his shoulder and he trudged up the hill and he set him there letting the philistines know that his god was a god of power Hallelujah to God. Amen. They didn't want to mess with Samson. And so the Bible says Samson, he began to get his eyes on some things he shouldn't get his eyes on. He went down and the Bible says he went to a woman whose name was Delilah. Delilah, she was a friend of the Philistines. Samson, he had a soft spot in his heart for this woman. He went down there and he began to court her, the word of God says. And there as he courted this woman, the Philistines found out about it. And the Philistines came to where Delilah was at and they said, Now Delilah, honey, we want you to do something for us. We want you to find out where the strength of Samson lies. And there if you'll do that, we'll give you this, 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 and this. And the Bible says that she agreed to do that with those uh, individuals. Well, the Bible says uh, that as she agreed to that, that Samson came to where 
she was at, he laid his head upon her lap, and there she began to woo him. She began to say, oh, Samson, you're the most handsome guy in the world. I can just hear her saying in her sweet little voice, oh, Samson, you're such a nice-looking man. Oh, honey, you're just so beautifully arrayed in your clothes. Your strength is so great, it makes me feel so secure. Samson, tell me where your strength lies. And he told her, but he didn't tell her the truth. And the Bible says that they tried a man to be able to take his strength from him. Three times this happened until finally the Bible says that she pressed him daily. She pressed him daily. And the word in the Hebrew means that she, she continued to harass him, as it were. Continued to push. Amen. And, and, and try to get the information out of him. Amen. It would be like trying to push open a door. She pressed upon him. Trying to get him to open up and tell her wherein his strength lied. And really, his strength did not lie in his hair. His strength it lied in his obedience to God and keeping the commandments. God told him to keep and one of those was that he was to let his hair grow long and so the Bible says this particular day he laid down there on that uh, on that woman's lap and there as he laid there Delilah came and said oh Samson you're so beautiful look at the garments you're so beautifully arrayed oh your muscles are so strong and you make me feel so secure oh and Sam yes I know dear Amen. He was taking, you know how it is. You like your wife to tell you those nice things, you know. Amen. And sometimes, you know, us husbands, we like to be a little bit macho. Huh? Huh? But you, you, say, you know that's the truth. I'm telling off on you now. And we go out, and, you know, and sometimes our wife is there, and we say, hey, hon, look at that. Huh? <laughs> you know that you do that. And you want them to, to think, hey, man, you're, a, you're really a dude, you know. Amen. And Samson was no different, but it, he was looking for it in the wrong place. Amen. In the wrong place. And so finally she said, oh, but Samson, there's only one problem. You don't really love me like you said that you do because you've kept of the secret back to where your strength is at. <laughs> and when your wife begins to cry or your girlfriend begins to cry, it gets a hold of your heart. But the problem with it, Samson should have never been down there in the first place. And so he told her, Well, Delilah, I'll tell you what. I have not had my hair cut since I was a youth. And as long as my hair grows long, I have kept the commandment of God. And God has given me his power to be able to do what he wants me to do. And so, oh, Samson, thank you so much for telling me. Oh, I love you. And the Bible says all of the other times when, the, uh, when she tried to tie him up with green whisks and she tried to weave his hair. Amen. The Bible says that when she called the Philistines in and she said, Samson, the Philistines be upon thee, Samson arose and he shook himself. And the Bible says the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. But this time it was different, my friend, as he laid there. Oh, Samson, go to sleep, honey. Oh, she was wooing him to sleep, my friend. And as she wooed him to sleep, she got out. Bring me the shaver, quick. 
brought out and shaved him. Amen. They shaved his head, friend, until finally there was no hair left on his head. You say, why didn't he wake up? I'll tell you why he didn't wake up. He probably could have woke up before that time, but he was so entrenched in his sins, amen, that he just could not wake up. And I'm going to tell you, friend, that you can go so far in sin, amen, that you'll think that you're doing all right, amen, and you'll not be able to open your eyes unless a miracle of God takes place. Hallelujah. And Samson, the Bible says, she said, Samson, the Philistines be upon thee. And Samson, the Bible says, arose and he shook himself. And the Bible says he thought that his strength would come to him as it did aforetime. And there as the Philistines came to where he was at, he set himself in stance, no doubt. Amen. And when he threw that kick, amen, it was, it was not without... Uh, it was with no power at all. Amen. And they grabbed him. And the Bible says they put his eyes out. And they made him to grind in the Philistines' mill. All because, hallelujah, that he did not listen to God. And he disobeyed the things of God. Oh, friend, Satan wants to bind you this morning. Hallelujah. The first thing that's going to happen, he will woo you. And unless you listen to the Spirit of God that says, wake up. Amen. Amen a chance that he will bind you. Amen. He'll bind you. He'll put your eyes out. And there are men and women that are walking around that are spiritually blind. They cannot see right. They cannot understand. Having eyes to see, they see not. Having ears to hear, they hear not. And it's all because they have failed to listen to the Word of God. Satan will bind you. He'll put your eyes out. And the next thing that he'll have you doing is grinding in the meal amen, of sin. And as he walked around there, they made sport of him. The word of God says they put his eyes out. He had to be led every place that he went. He walked around. They tied him to that grinding meal, uh, that mill, and he walked around in circles there grinding and pushing that uh, that mill wheel uh, until finally one day Samson uh, he repented himself. The Bible says uh, and he said, "God, I'm sorry." I ever listened to that woman. God, I'm sorry that I did not obey your word. God, I'm sorry. And Lord, I want to wake up. And Samson woke up, friend. Amen. And the Spirit of God began to move upon him. And the Bible said that he cried unto God. And he said, God, if you'll just take me and you'll give me strength one last time that I might die with my enemies. Lord, I will be praised. I will praise unto you. And the Bible says that there was a uh, there was a big feast and there was a big party that day in the court of the Philistines and Samson said lead me to the foremost pillars of the house that is there and the Bible says as that servant led him to where those pillars was at he got between those pillars and he prayed and asked God to give him strength one last the Bible says the walls came down and he died with his enemies. You say, Pastor, did he get right with God? I believe he made, he made amends with God. But the problem is this, my friend. Look at the terrible ending that, uh, that Samson had to have. All because he woke up too late. What would it have been like if he would have been able to slay the enemies of God and still be alive and die a natural death? But you see, my friend, the 
devil will take you so far down the road of sin that you'll begin to make requests of God. Why didn't Samson say, God, let me kill the enemy and let me go free? Because when we go far into sin, sin clouds our vision and it clouds our, our thinking. We need to wake up this morning. Hallelujah, saints of God. You need to understand that if you was ever going to live for God, it's today. If you was ever going to love God with all your heart, it needs to be now. If you was ever going to see your family saved, it needs to be right now. For the dike is far spent. Amen. And our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Amen. Hallelujah. If there are those here this morning that does not know the Lord, it's time to wake up. Amen. And understand the Lord is calling for you. The Lord is saying, I love you. The Lord is saying, I care for you. The Lord is saying, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Someone said, I need direction, Pastor. Jesus said in John 10, I am the way. Someone said, I'm tired of lies, Pastor. Jesus said in John 10, I am the truth. Someone said, I, Pastor, I've looked for everything in the world that I could seemingly look to find life. And I haven't found it. I need life. Jesus said in John 10, I am the life. And you'll not find life until you come to Him. What time is it in your life? Let me ask you that question. Whether it's in the springtime of your years and you're but a teen, or whether it's in the twilight of your years and you're growing into a, the twilight years, let me ask you, what time is it in your life with God? Life is a book of volumes three. The past, the present, and yet to be. The first is written and laid away. The second we are waiting and writing, rather day by day. The next and last of the volumes three is locked from sight. God holds the key. What time is it in your life? Are you ready? If the Lord Jesus Christ were to come today, it's an amazing thing today that the young people want to be old, and those that are older want to be young. And many times the only problem is that there needs to be an experience with God. Wake up! David said, Lord, remember how short my time is. James said, what is your life? It is even a vapor. It's here for a time and then it vanishes away. Just here and then it's gone. You see, life is three score and ten is what a life usually is, is according to the Bible. Seventy. But that's here and it's gone. As I said earlier, I'm about 30 years old. And it seems like yesterday I was in first grade. Quickly. Passes. You ever asked what you have done in your life and with your life? Have you? If you live to be 70, the average person spends about 20 years sleeping, 20 years working, 6 years eating, 7 years playing, 5 years dressing, 1 year on the telephone, 5 months trying on shoes, 
three and a half years, other things. One and a half year in church. Ever asked, what is your life? I'm saying, ask that question. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. No matter what time it is in your life, my friend, Jesus Christ wants you to know he loves you and cares for you. And he wants you to make a start. The words that I've spoken today, they were not for any other reason but to be able to cause you and me to draw closer to Jesus. That's all. That's all. In the heart of London, something called the Charing Cross. It was said that all distances are measured from it. The spot is simply referred to as the cross. A lost child was one day picked up, and uh, the police officer asked him where, where he lived. There as the young man said, sir, I don't know my address, but if you'll take me to the cross, I believe I can find my way home. I wonder, is there anyone here this morning that has not been able to find their way home? I want you to know if you'll come to the cross, you'll come back to the cross. The Lord will give you direction. That He will. Come to the cross. Wake up. What time is it? Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray for every single man, woman, young man, young woman in this service today. We're praying, Lord, that you would allow your spirit to minister into our hearts. We're praying, oh God, this morning, that you would help us to ask what time is it in our life. That you would help us, oh God, to see what time it is in the world. And Lord, help us to wake up and begin to live for you the way you want us to. I pray for that Christian that has been struggling that you would touch their hearts. Show them, Lord, if they'll go back to the cross, that they can find their way. I pray for that one, Lord, who you have been dealing with every day, every night, to be able to come and to be baptized in Jesus' name and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Lord, you've shown your truth. I pray, God, that you would help them to respond to that. Help them not to be allured to sleep by the devil or anything that is out there, but to wake up in Jesus' name. I pray for that man or woman that has gone astray. Lord, they have once had an experience with you, but Lord, seemingly they, as those virgins, have laid down and went to sleep. God, help us not to be a Samson to wake up too late, but Lord, help us to arise and to shake ourselves. Help us to hear the alarm as it goes off this morning that causes us to rise to walk in newness of life. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. While we wait for a few moments of time, I wonder if you're here this morning and right now, don't wait, but right now you'll get out of your seat and you'll come to this altar and say, Pastor, I want to go all the way with God. Amen. While we wait a few moments, God bless this one. Would there be another? Amen. Would you? Come. Hallelujah. Would you? In Jesus' name.
here I am. I give all myself to thee. I wonder right now where if you won't come, amen to the soldier, right at your seat, if you just pray and talk with God. Would you? Would you? Hallelujah. Lord, I want to talk to you. I want your spirit to move in my heart. Hallelujah. God can give you the Holy Ghost this morning if you yield to him. That's right. God can bring you back into fellowship with him this morning if you'll yield to him. Here I am. out to him this morning would you reach out to him this morning all over the building would you just reach out to him and say Lord here I am this morning touch my heart minister Lord unto me I want to just be what you want me to be thank you Lord for allowing your spirit to speak to my heart today oh God we love you we do love you
We hope you have enjoyed this message today from Classic Firstborn Ministries. If you would like to have more information about Firstborn Ministries, please go to www.firstbornministries.com or give us a call, 815-633-0030. We pray you have a great rest of your day. God bless. Until next time.